This podcast is brought to you by Xander Fryer, the co-author of a new book entitled Mastering the Art of Success. In Greg's interview with Xander, they discuss the power of defining your purpose and learning how this simple process can bring more joy, happiness, and fulfillment into your life. Xander is a master coach who studied under Jack Canfield and helps his clients to achieve the success they deserve. Please listen to podcast number 658 with Xander Fryer, about the pursuit of purpose. For the latest free entrepreneurial training from Xander, please go to www.xanderfryer.com backslash go. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Lauren, I always thank my listeners because as you know, without your ultimate clients who are my listeners, you wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> Nothing would happen. And it's the people that come back again and again and listen to these that are commenting and saying how great they are that keeps me going, as I was telling Lauren just a minute ago, 14 years. So um, we are on with Lauren Handel Zandler, and she is a life coach, university lecturer, and public speaker as co-founder and chairwoman of the Handel Group, an international corporate consulting and private coaching company. She has coached countless private clients, professors, politicians, award-winning artists, and Fortune 500 CEOs. The Handel Method has been taught in more than 35 universities and institutes of learning, including MIT, Stanford, Graduate School of Business, NYU, and in the New York City public school systems. Lauren has led seminars and conferences all over the world and has contributed to the New York Times, Forbes, Self, Women's Health, Vogue, and many other. You can find her at the Handel Group, and that's H-A-N-D-E-L-G-R-O-U-P.com, or on Twitter at HG Life Coaching. That's at Twitter at HG Life Coaching. It's got a great website, by the way, folks. So I encourage you to go up to the website and take a look because for all of my corporate clients listening, um, there's a whole corporate coaching program as well and program she does. And it's the handle method. And so, Lauren, you are pretty bold in this book. And, you know, I get a lot of personal (laughs) growth books across. And I love that about you because, you know, this industry needs some shaking up. It needs some movers and shakers, and it needs people that are going to actually test the norm. So in your estimation, why should somebody read your book, and why will your approach to reprogramming them, because in essence, we're always trying to reprogram or change a pattern, change a belief, change something we have. Why is yours going to be better than the hundreds of other books or courses that my listeners have probably seen or Tony Robbins or whoever else is out there? I think if I was going to answer, so there, so I have a perspective and I take you on an entire ride that is a very different perspective of how to look at yourself and how you interact with yourself in your head, right? So everything I'm doing is teaching you about your inner dialogue and where it came from and what it's busy doing and how it's basically screwing you. 
right? You're screwing yourself. And like, so I go into all of that. But if you're like, what's the real secret sauce that separates what you teach from everyone else? I don't think anyone is teaching that we lie and how to get out of being a liar or fake or justifying. I can't tell you what I really think because it'll hurt you. You know, so the world of lying robs everyone of being true to themselves. And then no one knows how to, you know, fill in the gap of how do I tell the truth and how do I deal with what a mess I've already made? I would say that's absolutely true. And I think people, <laughs> they, they certainly know that they're lying or maybe subconsciously they don't. And then they start to um, believe it. You know, I, I went back to school and got a master's degree late in life in spiritual psychology. And we used to have a saying, you don't have to believe everything you think. Um, and I think the reality is that's really a lot about what this book is about. And you mentioned that you've spent 25 years rewiring yourself and creating yep. and evolving and testing and proving the handle method. Yep. Why does your design, um, your life system work and what we would say, maybe some of these others fall short, maybe other than the lying, because every one of these okay. chapters in this book actually delves into a different psychological challenge that we all deal with to become better people. Yeah. Well, so I think then the next thing I would say is the secret sauce mm -hmm. is I teach what I call personal integrity an ability to keep a promise with yourself. Mm -hmm. So humans are, you know, somewhat pretty good and whatever degree you would say at keeping promises to others. It isn't that I don't teach that in the book, but what I go after is that where your dreams come true, where being true to yourself really lives is in, in your ability to make a promise and keep it with yourself, where we can keep promises with everyone else to ourselves, we're a bit of a jerk. And so that's what I go after in teaching you how to have personal integrity with where your fears really are. Mm -hmm. And where your moodiness really gets away with being moody and watching too many Netflix shows, right? So there's a way we get away with not being true to ourselves and integrity combined with going after how you hide happens deeply through this book. It and it's all about being wildly accountable for why you are the mess you're in. Well, in several cases here that when I was reading the book, you called yourself the Barker. Right. Yes. So you you basically become the accountability coach. And if they don't, I'm sure you have someone help them. And one of the first things you state is the assignment right in front of the book. You you give your clients is to dream yeah. and that we've forgotten to dream. If yeah. you were barking that order to dream to our yeah. listeners today, how yeah. important is that process to breaking our patterns, behaviors and beliefs? It's the North Star. It's the it's the it's your compass, right? The the dream and what's in you that you most desire. And I break life out into 12 different areas. I don't let you get away with just having two dreams that matter to you, right? Because they all are going on at all times, your relationship to time, your relationship to your spirituality, your relationship to money, your relationship to making money, like all of these things require a dream. So then you can figure out exactly where you are in reference to that dream, right? So then, and then I make you start to scale, like, oh, if my dream body is this, and that's a nine ten, I really do rate myself a six because I'm 30 pounds overweight, 
And then how, and then I ask, and then I keep asking you the right questions. Like, so how do you, you know, how do you explain why you're here? Right. Why you give yourself a six and what's between you and being an eight, nine or 10. And all of a sudden a person is starting to have to confront coaching themselves. Like all of a sudden. and, And my joke here is that I, I, if you do all the homework in the book, mm-hmm. I get what's ever left out of you that is your lower self onto a full sheet of like I get your lower self screaming. It knows what it's talking about. Got it. And then and then I teach you the voice of a higher self who has integrity, who can call shit out, who realizes they never cleaned that up. They never told the truth about that. They had three cookies, not one. Right. Like that. The, all the little ways and big ways that your lower self is operating the system in any area you're not happy in. And if you study yourself where you're happy, you will find you have integrity there. You're not lucky. You're not lucky. That's kind of your ideal scene. And I I like your analogy between the six and the 10. But but let me ask you, because I've always said that coaches, um, no matter what kind of coach they are, they're trying to relieve cognitive dissonance, right? (laughs) Their, Their job is to say, well, I'm here and I want to be here. What would be on um, these exercises that are in these books? Let's get into the nitty right. gritty because at the end of each yep. chapter, you've got things for people to do. And then obviously then they can sign up for your coach. I noticed that, you know, I live here in San Diego. You've got a bunch of things happening up in Los Angeles. You've got mm-hmm. them all around the country with other coaches, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. there is an opportunity for our listeners to go to your website, log in, and for a very inexpensive price, go to an open. I call them opens because they're... They're these places where you learn about what it is that you do. Those yes. exercises in the back of the book, let's say they're a yeah. DIYer, what would be one of the most important ones? The first exercise where you have to dream in all the 12 areas and then rate your current life against that dream mm-hmm. and explain why you think you can't, like why you explain to yourself or how you live with not being there and what you think is the reasons because that whole exercise points you in all the right directions of your negative thinking and where you're assigning blame or responsibility. Like it's, well, because my husband's X, Y, and Z, therefore J, Mm -hmm. right? So that, that's the reason we don't have a sex life, right? Where, and then in the book, I make it very clear that humans are way more talented than that. Right. Like, so if I told you every time you got laid, I'd put, you know, $20,000 in your bank account, your exhaustion would disappear, (laughs) you know, like all of a sudden it'd be really. And then I told you I'd throw an extra five in if you make sure it's really good. Right. All of a sudden you're having a great life with your partner. Right. 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 But all but you everyone has to confront that the incentive is missing and the excuse is rich. You better watch out. There might be people out there who just go out and find themselves a hooker just to take you up on the twenty thousand. I'm just you kidding. Know. They wouldn't be happy. They. My point is, is that that isn't the point of this. The point is, is that co- that cognitive dissonance that exists. And you, you do a really interesting chapter here in, on discovering your fingerprint on everything at the crime scene, so yes. as to accurately depict what's true. The bigger yes. challenge is doing something about it. How do you yes. suggest to your coaching clients or to the people listening to this podcast to transfer yeah. their patterns, transmute their patterns? So the most beautiful thing 
that also happens if people take this seriously and do it is when you ask a guy here, for example, this happens often. And we even do this when we go into a company is uh, we make the father interview the kid about how they're doing as a father. Right. So there really is the answer. Like, I think I'm doing great. I think I'm a great husband. I think I'm like, there really is your assessment of yourself. And then there really is, have you, do you really know the assessment on you? You know, or let's say the example is I had a problem with a friend that really hurt me a couple of years ago. We're still connected, but we never got, we've never been back to where we were. And so what happens in this process is you discover that, that, from yourself that you get to hide, you get to not have real conversations, you avoid confrontation, you think you know everybody else's answers, and you don't go in and really tell the truth about that you've been hurt or what you're feeling or what you went through or what you needed, right? And so all of a sudden what happens through the book is you're having real conversations that are very vulnerable and honest and intimate instead of the perpetrator or the hider you know, who left something for dead in their relationship or doesn't even know what their son really thinks mm-hmm. about them. Like when I, I cannot tell you how many fathers of 15 year olds have never gone, can I have a list of anything I did that really hurt you and that you wish I apologized for that I never apologized for? And can I get anything you wish I was doing with you that I'm not currently doing with you so I could really be like the dad you want, right? right. And, and it's the most moving conversation of their lives. And, you know, and then you have to confront if you don't want to do that with your wife, right? right. Like all the ways you don't want to do that. You don't want to ask your employees, right? Because you don't want to hear. As a matter of fact, you don't want to do any of the things they wish you would do differently, right? So, you know, the minute you start going through this process, you find out there's corruption in your relationships with yourself and with others. Well, let me ask you this, because that is a great point you're making. And I believe that, yes, this happens gazillions of times every day across the planet. But one of the elements to get vulnerable is this level of trust, right? So what do you tell your clients? Because look, if I'm a CEO and I'm going to have that frank conversation with somebody in that upper management of my company, mm-hmm. you have to feel, number one, you have to be willing to get vulnerable. Number two, you have to have this huge level of trust to really tell the truth. Um, mm-hmm. And I think people will hide that truth frequently. They'll dance around mm-hmm. it. They'll do everything possible not to get to the core issues. Uh, there's a, there's a better, but there's a better word of what all that is. Okay. Tell me what it is. Manipulate. Okay, manipulate. And it, it, they're manipulating everything according to their theories. Mm-hmm. And the minute you can start to th- see that your theory is getting you exactly what you have right now, that wanting a new theory is what I'm pioneering in that individual. Okay. okay. Right? Like, I connect with my clients. I connect with my, my boss. I connect, like, I'm not that person that has to manipulate everything. Trust is something that happened, you know, this is so awesome, ready? I, I, I always do this speech and it makes me happy, but it, it's a, everybody wants the words to be nouns. Like I have trust with you. Like I have a chair, right? Like you and I trust each other versus that trust is a verb, right? It's something that happens in a live action moment day to day. 
building trust, having a trustful relationship, right? And then you go, does trust tell the truth? You, you, right? The only way you can trust and have that verb alive and well and kicking and building trust is if you're telling the truth. But the minute you're not telling the truth to that person, that is the exact existence of no trust. Right. 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 So trust is a verb and it's something that you have to do every day. <laughs> well, I love I love what you say. And I also mentioned this just on a podcast yesterday or day before I did. Um, I, I love what Byron Katie, who's probably a pioneer in this thing. She just said, you know, ask yourself, is it true? Is it really true? You know, these stories we tell ourselves. And I think that that is truly an important point. Now, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that most of us suck at keeping these promises to ourselves, uh -huh. that we're out of what you called personal integrity and that this uh -huh. book teaches personal integrity. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So why do we break our own promises and how can we get better at keeping promises to ourselves? Okay, great. So first of all, <laughs> you don't, people don't keep promises to themselves because they don't want to, like they're lazy, they're doing something else, right? It isn't, you don't want to meditate or think it's a good idea. You're just really on a call. Right. And so you don't want to tell the person, hey, I'll call you back in 20 minutes. I have to go. Right. So there really is a laziness to, to personal integrity, going for the run, uh, having sex, um, spending time with your kids without your phone near you. Like these are all things people know higher self would say, please, I beg you. And lower self is like tomorrow. It'll be OK. It's no big deal. I'm a good person. Right. It's not that bad. So what happens is, is we just, we live whatever, we have vices, we all have our vices, and we all have fear. And we all have, the other thing we have is, you know, a brattiness to, I'll do it tomorrow, leave me alone, right? I did enough today, right? Or, right, so we live with our willingness to, I would say, be lazy. And if there's a place that you actually need a promise, which is you're not reliable, you need to do something to become reliable. That area is always a place where your fear or your moodiness is living. And it has an entire defense system that is usually impressive. So these are games we play in our head. And, uh -huh. and you state that your whole book is about getting in there, meaning our yes. own head. Yes. Um, that we talk to ourselves which mm -hmm. is what I mentioned earlier. We tell ourselves story. It's MSU making stuff up. Then we yep. believe it. Uh, yep. And this narrative goes on and the narrative's not true. So yep. that we don't have to believe everything that we think, which is what I said. How do you recommend reprogramming the mind chatter to a station that's playing positive, uplifting music? Fabulous. So the first so there's two ways I go about this in the book and, and really show you how other, like these four other people do it. But the most important thing is that um, two ingredients, you have to be able to catch your inner dialogue. Like you, like you actually have to be able to tell on it, like rat it out and, and want to versus believe it and use it. Right. So you have to tell on it and catch it. And, okay. Which is no easy trick. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. And the only way you're going to do this well is, um, if you, un if you actually get a sense of humor, 
Because if you're not laughing at that inner dialogue that just said whatever it said to you in the mirror, that then said, you feel bad, go get a cookie, like you deserve something, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you don't catch the whole loop and how it runs you, right, you have to be able to catch it and tell on it, right? Mm -hmm. So. And it, there's nothing more important. And if, and that's, and, and that's where kind of the rubber meets the road is you can hear it and you can stop it in its tracks. Okay. So, right? or you can so hear you're it saying humor, laughter, anything where we can laugh at ourselves. But, uh, if, when I work with someone who really needs to stop drinking as much as they drink, stop, you know, have just like must take a lot of actions that they are used to not taking. Right. Right. They really are used to not taking. Um, I do what I call a three legged race with a, it's like with a coach, you do a three legged race. You tie, I tie them to my leg where they owe me emails every day Mm -hmm. and their inner dialogue. Uh Right. So what did you eat all day? And then tell me what the boy said all day. Or if you're, you know, looking for the love of your life, is another place where people are so sad in their head, right? They watch couples go by and every couple that goes by is proof they're never going to find their person, not proof they are going to find their person, right? So it's, it's awesome, right? So first you have to get the inner dialogue out and really see it for what it is, which, and it also that it's not you. It's a, it's more like a virus, Mm -hmm. right? Who's trying to get home and watch TV versus go out and meet people. And it's, so it's a chicken, like, so in the book, you start to see that the posturing is a protection mechanism and also the thing that has to be taken down with personal integrity so that you actually break through and get what you really want, which is a date, you know, which is a job, which is a client, whatever you're chasing. I love, right? uh, I love the, the context here. It's something just popped into my head because I study a lot of spirituality and obviously, you know, went back and got a degree in spiritual psychology. But, you know, the Buddha said there is suffering and then there's the end of suffering. And the reality is, is that I think uh, from a very simplistic standpoint, um, what you're helping people do is in their own suffering in their own head. Um, Yes. And in essence, that's what it is. Oh, I'll never find that right mate. I'll never make enough money. All the mind chatter, the ego stuff that's sitting there and you're helping them to release that. And yeah, you, what, you know what, wait, 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 let me, there's this cool, there's a cool thing. Cause you, so when I, I even show this in the book, I do. Um, so when you, so watch what happens, you go, you're a six in that, that area of your life. And so you write the dream, you get, you're a six. And then the next, what I'm going to start to teach you is that a six is an operation system. Right. It has, a, you know, it ha- and, and I'm teaching you what I call integrity. So there's spiritual integrity. That's what your mind is saying to you. There's emotional integrity. It's how it all makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And then there's physical integrity, which is what you're doing every second. Right. So the thought, the feeling and the action are always an operation. And if, if you're a six, you can bet that the inner dialogue sounds like a six. And if and an eight sounds very different, right? It really would say something. So when you started to ask, how do you get a person to go from where they are to where they really wish they were and shift into a into that positive radio station they really need? Mm-hmm. They first have to hear their smack talking and then they have to start to laugh at it so it doesn't have power and get a sense of humor. And then in the moment they get a sense of humor and they start to really deal 
with like, I'm saying this to myself or shut up little voice. I'm going for a run anyway. Right. And I'm going to bring my favorite music and I'm going to have a great time. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So it, so what's happening is that personal integrity makes you make a promise, keep a promise. So the physical integrity is shifting. And as you shift the physical integrity, your spiritual, what you're saying in your head is going to change. And then how you feel is always a result of the thoughts and the actions that you're taking. It creates a feeling. So you're starting with the obvious, which is physical, and then moving yes. through the, the realm to the spiritual. And yep. I see that because the spiritual is the highest realm. Yes. And, you know, and within that, um, I, I love what you say, because obviously we are affected in many different ways as we go through our life. And you state that no matter how hard we try, we're still influenced by our parents. Um, yes. That the deep emotional <laughs> baggage is still there. Now, I, I can say this to this day, and I'm grateful for it. I had a little Jewish mother that died three years ago at 93. Aww. I'm still influenced by her this day, right? And I tell yep. the story. She still sends pennies from heaven in the parking lot. So why uh -huh. do we why do we attach to the stories and the drama from our parents? And how can okay. we coexist with this influence peacefully? Well, I think I actually think something... Um, a little different than baggage, right? So it's not that it isn't baggage or you can call it baggage. Well, you call it whatever I, you want, okay. but it's... Here's, here's what I, I like to call it this. I, it's a say, tape that say. runs. <laughs> well, here's what I call it. I say we have the epis. Epis referring to epigenetics. Oh my God, do you have the epis, right? So you have epigenetics says, you know, it's scientifically, it's now actually getting proven that... Um, it, whatever your parents have done, it went into your genetic coding, not just the, not just your blue eyes, but your wandering blue eyes from your daddy. Right. So you got everything. You're the next program after the combination of those two together mm -hmm. and what they gave you, your little, you know, in the handle method, I call it your goodie bag. Right. So you get a goodie bag and a goodie bag from a party has sh shit in it. You like mm -hmm. and some stuff in it. You're like, ew. Right. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Right, right, right. Right. And, and the answer is, yeah, that's what your life is for, figuring out what you did with your goodie bag. I right. Got I got it. That's and, a good analogy. Uh, yes. And that, so I then also teach get a sense of humor because the more you understand your parents' money issues, their marriage issues, their health issues, not just because of the, you know, like the, you know, the DNA and right. your mother, you know, you should be scared of heart disease, but actually all the emotional dynamics, you know, their anxiety, their everything that comes with them is in your programming. Right. And, and you were born into it, but you're born into it to evolve it. Right. Of course. Not, of course. Yeah. Not to, you know, be, be its bitch. Well, it's, you're born into it in this reincarnation and it's going to carry on for a while until you can transmute whatever it is yes. that you need to learn, but um, yes. agree that, that it is there and it's very dominant. And I think if you help people in this book deal with that, that is a very big issue because it's not only just your parents, it's your brothers and it's, it's your sisters and it's everybody, your work relationships, but it all has this overall effect. And you, you talk about hauntings and you state the reason we need to study our hauntings 
is oh. not because you and I are to leave no stone unturned, but because each of them contains important information that you, the owner, are aware of. How would you address our listeners and how do you address your clients about their hauntings? And what do you recommend in reprogramming our minds to eliminate those hauntings? So hauntings have, first of all, hauntings are the most, like if you actually unravel a haunting and resolve it, the amount of like the game Pac-Man where you eat the big super thing, right? Eat that big thing. And it gives you power you cannot believe. So the, I promise you, if you figure out your hauntings and you resolve your hauntings, they, they change your life in ways you, that it's like a vortex more than you can imagine. So just so you know, there, there, there's where, that's where the heavy gold is, right? Um, in change right. and in altering your perception forever about yourself and others in the world. Okay? Eliminating those fears. Well, it's, it's. So what happens in a haunting is something haunts. So if you think about our minds, right, and all the things we've been through, it's amazing what we don't remember, okay? Right. Right, because there's plenty of things that were outrageous, terrible, all forms of things. But we only remember and have these go-to places of memories or reminders of betrayal or of that embarrassing moment. Or like, so when you make a list of what haunts you from your, from dating, from school, from business, those, those hauntings have so much information in them about how you shaped your life. But you think they shaped your life because they were so significant in a way you think they were significant. I go, if you have a haunting, the odds are that you didn't learn what you were supposed to learn in that moment, mm -hmm. right? You think that that was a critical moment and it's supposed to kind of haunt you your whole life. And I'm like, no, 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 no. When something's resolved, it doesn't haunt you. Got it. Right. When something, right. When you've learned the right lesson, that memory never comes back. Right. Right. It doesn't have to. It's not trying to yell at you about something. Right. Right. You've eliminated so, it. Yep. Yeah. So. And many of those times, right, where people remember that haunting, they, they haven't unraveled the significance of how to resolve that issue in themselves. Mm -hmm. So they come to me about something in their marriage, right? And they're having a boring sex life in their marriage and they're blaming, you know, body issues and, you know, gut issues, honestly, right? And, and, and their libido, and then they don't go back to this haunting memory of when they were 19 and they lost the guy that they, you know, that this whole thing, that was the last time she ever had really good sex where she was present. Right. Right. And really felt. And now she's 40. <laughs> okay. Right. So it, it's amazing how much she has not paid attention to what happened in that haunting, but that's still the haunting memory that is still kind of ruining her marriage a little. Right. So, but the haunting isn't it, the haunting isn't that was the love of her life. The haunting is what what did you stop doing back then, honey, that you're not doing anymore that you used to do back? Like, why don't we say maybe it's you and the lesson you walked away with, which was you lost the guy. Right. Isn't really the truth, is it? Right. So that's an example of a haunting where and then, of course, she's never talked about it with her husband. Of course. Right. right? And of course, she's been running a secret monologue. Right. Right, right. Well, and, there's an unpacking, right. but that goes true for men as well as it does for women. Um, Everyone. You, you know, everybody. The reality is is Everyone. that you're, those hauntings are there. That was a great example, by the way, Lauren, of, of 
of a haunting that you know I think people hang on to and then ultimately has a, a very big impact or can even have a significant impact on a relationship into the future. Now, uh-huh. you you know, you're unpacking a lot of deep emotional stuff with your clients. Uh-huh. Yes. And you mention a purge. And then where we're yes. upset that purging is pretty, very, very cathartic, that you allow yes. your clients to do what's referred to as a talk back. So yeah. can you explain this process and why you believe this is going to help our listeners? Obviously, this purge uh, for my listeners is one of... Uh, Lauren's last chapters and this is actually the last question but you know if somebody's to purge and then do a talk back what is that process and where where is the kind of healing that occurs in that okay so when there's an area in your life and you can't quite figure out you know you tried everything sometimes it really works sometimes it goes well but it always seems to like come back to the area that you're not in love with and you wish was better right it causes you pain right? Even though you're doing great or it can go all over the map. What I recommend is you do a purge, right? And so one of the things, I actually also terribly spiritual person and think that every area of life, every area of life is a relationship you're in with yourself and God, your relationship to that, right? And so your relationship to that when it comes to money, love, sex, like there's you first person with life itself And when you're suffering in an area, you're having corruption, right? Like there's competing negative theories, positive theories. It's a mess in there. And it's like a pretty good soap opera. Okay. And there's your, so there really is the way you tell the story about money or about love or death or health. Okay. And so when you do a purge, this is your chance to get up on your soapbox, not need to make sense. And really just get every last creepy, great, grandeured, every thought you've ever had about yourself, others, the world itself, and rant mm-hmm. until, you, until you're repeating yourself and you're like, it's really cathartic just to have puked. Okay? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. It really has like, wow, the cults, I feel better. I feel better. Okay. So, and then what I tell, and then what I do is I teach you how to dissect your purge. Okay. Right. From what you need to pull out that's a haunting, that's a parent trait, that's like I get you to see what I see per sentence. Right. So that you can start to take that higher self that we're developing and look at a lower self like what in God's name is this mess. Right. And not like it's it's, it matters. Right. So I'm we're we're loving this mess, but we're going to teach you how to get out of what really matters and what doesn't matter in this puke. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so then a talk back is really going point by point of your higher self answering back to it. What you really want to believe that is really a higher state of honesty for you toward that thing. So, you know, let's say let's say I was purging about aging, right? I'm 48 years old. You know, as you can imagine, I used to be much cuter in the mirror. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I, right. And, um, and you know, it's just going to be true for the rest of my life that I'm going to get older and the voice in my head could be a jerk. Like I could, right. So I could purge on age itself. Right. right? And God, what a, you know, really? And you made it worse for women. 
you did, you know, everybody thinks men get cuter as they get older, but nobody thinks women get cuter. And I even agree, they don't, right? <laughs> so I could go on a, oh my God, how did I end up a woman? But aging. you don't really believe that, do you? Because there's all the ads um, on TV that show older women walking across New York with gray hair and they look wonderful, right? Because they use aging skin cream, anti-aging the, skin cream. The, the, <laughs> the point is that I could go with them, I could go... I could go anywhere I want with what's in my goodie bag. Exactly. Right? So, right. I could go anywhere I want. And to face your dark side truth called the rant I just did. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my dark side truth. Right. But I'm not going to let myself get away with being her. Right. Because I'm committed to loving life and really being in love with all the ages and the entire process and even believing I'm beautiful. Right. Honest to God, being sexy till I die. Right. And 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 that voice knows like so so my talk back would say to the creepy part. Right. Like, ha, 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 Lauren, you could look at yourself that way for the rest of your life and be sad. Or you can get that this is exactly as it was meant to be. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it's your job to see yourself and love yourself every time you see yourself in the mirror. And that is way more fun than staring for a wrinkle, you silly goose. Exactly. Because that's the, okay. as we say, that that's the, the lies we're telling ourselves. So, yeah. Yes. It, yes. It's, so it, that is a purge and a talk back. Well, it, I can tell after having gone through this book and looking at how you've approached this with not only uh, the stories you tell, uh, but the way you've weaved this together along with the exercises for all those who are going to try reading this book and doing the DIY, that it's there. But if you do need assistance, I'm going to encourage my listeners to go um, to the handle group and there'll be a link in the blog for that. And Mm -hmm. for all my listeners, um, we've been speaking with Lauren Handel Zander, and this okay. book is called Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life. It is really, a, it's a simple read. I'll tell my listeners that. I, I look at books, I see so many, and I say, okay, how is this book laid out? What is the contents? Um, how easy is it digestible? Everything we've talked about this morning is in the book. It's easy to read. Um, the bigger part is the work that you have to do. I always tell my listeners yeah. this, uh, Lauren, because, you know, you can read a book and then you put it down and then you go read another book. The question is, how many of those personal growth books or wherever you want to put them are really going to do any good unless you're actually applying what you're learning uh-huh. from the authors? So the next uh-huh. step is obviously go to her website, check out some of the coaches. There's lots of op- there looks like there's tons of open events around the country. I notice you're speaking uh, in a few days somewhere. Uh, you're, mm-hmm. aren't you doing some webinars too? People can get on webinars as well. Yes. And we do FaceTime lives with, you know, Dr. Mark Hyman. We have guests also. We, we put, we're, we're, we're like Facebook living and getting, getting our, our stuff together on making more content kind of fun and easy. Good. So it's not that it's not accessible. I know sometimes authors write these books and they have no way to access um, the author afterwards. Lauren is not one of those people. Um, mm-hmm. Very accessible through her staff and her team and the organization she's created. Um, very professional. So again, I encourage my listeners to go up and take a look. 
Lauren, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth this morning, sharing some of your insights and wisdoms about maybe it's you. Well, the reality <laughs> is it's always us. Um, maybe the next book should be It's Always Us. Um, right. <laughs> so thank you. Any parting words you have for the listeners? Uh the only other thing that I have that's a great program is I have 10 sessions with me called Inner You, and it's very affordable, and, and you get buddies, and you can meet people, and it's a whole web presence, digital mark, you know, digital program that you mm -hmm. can take my course and um, meet other people and connect and get a coach. So Inner You is also a great option. Okay. Well, so... Check out her website, yeah. go up there under personal. There's obviously a tab for business for the business listeners. Go into that business section because you can tell just by our discussion this morning, you certainly could flush out a lot of your business related issues as well um, by having mm. coaches that have been trained by Lauren. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you. You're doing such great work. Really. It's awesome. Thank you for having me.